Welcome to Experience This, the podcast that celebrates remarkable customer experiences and inspires you to stand out from the competition by wowing your customers. Each episode, we bring you a healthy dose of inspiring stories, funny interactions, and practical takeaways. Marketing and customer experience thought leader, Dan Gingas. Shares the mic with customer retention and employee experience expert, Joey Coleman, helping you to get people talking about your business. So get ready, because it's time to experience this. Get ready for the final episode of season nine of the experience this show. Join us as we discuss e-commerce companies that are moving to brick and mortar, helping your customers save money, and a beloved brand has people talking, but not in a good way. Retailers, subscriptions, and mutual funds. Oh, my. There are so many great customer experience articles to read, but who has the time? We summarize them and offer clear takeaways you can implement starting tomorrow. Enjoy this segment of CX Press, where we read the articles so you don't need to. Today's CX Press article is by Jinju Lee of the Wall Street Journal, and it's titled, Why Bricks May Save Clicks. The rising costs of doing business online is making physical retail more appealing for e-commerce brands. Now, it starts with some interesting statistics that I wanted to share. First, the online share of US retail sales hit a peak of 15.7% in the second quarter of 2020. However, it declined to 12.9% in the fourth quarter of 2021. Now, those come from the US Census Bureau. As of March of 2022, foot traffic at indoor malls is up 16.6% from the previous year. One of our favorite online retailers, Chewy, saw its customer acquisition costs increase 44% between 2019 and 2021, while its bricks and mortar competitor, Petco, saw costs decrease by almost two-thirds. Any of those statistics surprising to you, Joey? Well, I'd actually say the majority of them were surprising to me. A couple things that really stood out, though. I'm not surprised that the retail sales were at a peak in Q2 of 2020. That's really when the pandemic's locking down, everybody's locked down. The response kind of across the entire country is very similar. So a lot of people are ordering online. The fact that it had declined to 12.9% at the end of 2021 makes sense. People are starting to get back out into the world. And I think the novelty of being at home maybe had worn off to the point where people were figuring out other ways to shop. But the one that I would say surprised me the most was actually that foot traffic stat. I'm really surprised. I mean, in some ways, I'm not surprised because I know people want to get back out in the world. But I wouldn't think of going to the mall as being the first thing I was going to do when I could get back out in the world. Well, having been to some malls recently, I can tell you they are packed. And I think that what has happened is 
we moved so far, the pendulum moved so far towards online sales that now it's kind of come back and people are, as you say, wanted to just get out and shop in person. So the answer to this conundrum of foot traffic increasing in person, sales going down online and costs going up online but down in person is that some e-commerce players are trying out brick and mortar. Online furniture seller Wayfair is opening three bricks and mortar stores in Massachusetts this year with its CEO saying that the stores will, quote, be valuable avenues for discovery, visualization, and marketing, unquote. Eyewear brand Warby Parker plans to open 40 new stores this year, while footwear maker Allbirds plans on 16 or 17 new locations. On the flip side, as we noted earlier this season in episode 159, Amazon has begun closing some of its physical locations. The Wall Street Journal article suggests that this may be due in part to how much of the consumer wallet share they already capture. So what do we think about this trend, Joey? Well, first of all, I think it's really difficult to be in retail. Whether you are online, offline, or both, I think it's a real challenge. I think we are at this interesting stage in the economy, at least in the United States, where people really aren't sure whether to continue to go all in on online or to continue to have a lot of offline interactions when it comes to retail. Personally, I would much rather buy the significant majority of items that I need to buy online and not go to a store. But I know that there are other people that are just like, I want to be back in a store. I want to walk around. I was talking to somebody the other day and they were like, you know, I love to just go into Target and walk around for a while and see what there is to be seen. Not really something that gets me super excited. But I think at the end of the day, creating that space, as uh, the CEO was saying, for discovery and visualization is something that online brands struggle with and is something that most consumers still want. Well, yeah, I think that companies can get better customer feedback simply by observing customers better in person than they can online. But I agree with you. If I were starting a retail establishment today, no way I would be going in person. There's just too much fixed cost, the the rent and the uh, electricity and all the costs of keeping the place open just feels like such a hassle and such a risk. Whereas virtually anyone can set up an online business today. That all being said, I think there are certain brands that can do really well in person because they have products that you want to touch and feel. I mean, Warby Parker's fascinating, right? They made a name for themselves selling a product that you have to try on, right? And and yet they've been entirely digital uh, and they've created amazing augmented reality situations where you can kind of take pictures of yourself and show people what these different frames look like on your face without actually ever physically trying them on. And yet, interestingly enough, Dan, I actually own a pair of Warby Parker glasses that I purchased at a store. I remember we talked about it on an episode ages ago because it was such an interesting experience going in. And I specifically remember what I loved best about the experience. It was not the glasses, although they were great. It was not the sales associate who helped me in the variety of selection, although that was great too. It was that they had a little coloring book 
for my boys. And they gave us that and some colors so that my wife and I could actually try on the glasses and have a retail sales experience while we were out shopping with the kids and not have to worry about keeping kids from touching all the glasses. You know, when you say ages ago, Joey, you're right. That was all the way back in episode 60 of season three, more than three years ago. You're just a font of knowledge, my friend. I tell you, I got them all memorized. So the Wall Street Journal article concludes, and I'm quoting here, retail, in short, is about to get a lot less bifurcated. Some of the most successful merchants will be those that understand how to bridge the worlds of bricks and clicks. You listen to us. Now we want to listen to you. By visiting our website and sharing your remarkable customer experiences with us, we can share them with a broader audience. Now sit back and enjoy our listener stories. Loyal listener Katie McQueen shared a recent experience she had with a company called Drops. That's D-R-O-P-P-S. It's an online seller of green cleaning products. Drops sells laundry and household cleaning products that are free from chemicals, aren't tested on animals, and are shipped in compostable packaging that is 100% carbon neutral. The site boasts of 3.5 million plastic containers that were, quote, never created because of how the products are packaged in individual pods. Now, here's Katie talking about a recent email she received from Drops about the addition of a new $7 shipping charge for orders over a certain amount. I've been a customer of Drops for a few years uh, because I like the sustainability and ease of their product. I like that their shipping is carbon neutral and I like that their packaging is home compostable. I also like that I can set subscriptions so that I don't run out of laundry detergent. I recently got an email from Drops that I wanted to tell you about. Everybody is experiencing rising costs because of supply chain disruptions and inflation, and Drops is no exception. They recently sent me this email about having to add a shipping charge. They were very apologetic, but they went a step further. They told me how I could avoid paying that shipping charge without buying more stuff. They identified me as a customer with multiple subscriptions below the $27 threshold for free shipping, and they told me that by combining the subscriptions, I could avoid that extra shipping fee. Not only that, they created a step-by-step -step infographic to walk me through saving myself that money. They even provided a direct link to customer service in case I have questions, and they made it prominent so I didn't have to go looking for it. I was able to take the steps to combine my subscriptions, and I'm still receiving free shipping, and honestly, I'm being more responsible to our planet by reducing the number of shipments I get. They didn't have to tell me how to save money, but they did it anyway. Now, Joey, what I loved about this was the complete transparency of this company. The email even notes that $7 is their actual shipping cost, not some arbitrary number that allows them to make some extra margin from the customer. Reading this email made me feel like Drops genuinely has the customer's best interests in mind. Is that what you took from it too? I mean, how could you not? I mean, I think what is so great about this message, they lead with it. They're very apologetic. They're like, look, we want to bring this up to you first. They give some alternative options for avoiding the shipping charge that they're going to have to do without buying more stuff. They give you a direct link to customer service in case you have any questions. They basically go through all of the emotions 
that they would imagine a customer would have when they heard about this new shipping cost. And they address all of them one at a time, giving the customer multiple angles. See, I think one of the challenges most businesses have is they make presumptions and assumptions, right? Their presumption, they go into it is they look at it and they say, okay, well, we've got to charge this extra money. So I suppose we better tell them about it, right? And then they say, well, how can we tell them in a way that doesn't draw a lot of attention to it? And maybe we'll just put it like in the fine print somewhere. And we get into all these games instead of just saying, look, this isn't fun for us. It isn't fun for them. We don't want to be sending this message to our customers. Our customers don't want to be receiving this message. But when you lead in with that kind of tone and attitude and tell your customers, look, here's the reality. And here are some ways you can save money and avoid this thing that, sorry, we've got to do, but we know isn't fun for any of us. It speaks to a partnership with the customer instead of a transaction with the customer. Totally agree. And it makes me think of some of the opposite industries that are out there. Let's take, I don't know, our friends in the airlines, right? Has any airline said, hey, customer, here's a way to save money flying on our planes? No, they've done the opposite. They've said, hey, we're going to start charging you all these extra fees for checking your baggage and doing this and doing that. And so I love this idea that that Drops acts like it's on the same side as their customer instead of that they are being confrontational with the customer. I've seen this so many times where companies look at the customer like they're the enemy. Folks, without the customer, we don't have any company at all. So I love the idea that they're helping the customer save money, that they are that they're not trying to gouge them with a... I mean, they could charge $10 for shipping, right? And then they're going to make a little extra money on every single shipment. But they're not doing that. And they're telling people they're not doing that, which gains them goodwill and trust. And we know how hard it is to gain trust and to keep trust from customers. But that's what I really got from this is that this company is trustworthy. So if you'd like to share your own listener story, and boy, do we love it when our listeners share stories. Man, do we make it easy for you. Just send us an email Tell us your story. And we are going to ask you to put it in audio form. We prefer up to two minutes. Katie did such a great job of that, telling us the story quickly, but but sharing all the great details. And we'd love to get you on a future episode of Experience This. Okay, everyone, let's get this meeting started. We're here to talk about this month's sales forecast. Frank? Uh, Sure. Thanks, Todd. So last month's sales were at an all-time high, as was our net promoter score. Note to self, hmm, I wonder if that's a coincidence. But this month, we may have some headwinds. Sorry to interrupt, but isn't Pierre supposed to be in this meeting? Oh, yes, Pierre. Well, where is he? Let me send him a DM. Wait, he's typing back. He says he's been sitting in the waiting room, but no one has opened the meeting. (sighs) Okay, let me do that now. Pierre has joined the meeting. Bonjour, Pierre. Bonjour, Daniel. What did I miss? Well, Frank was updating us on this month's sales numbers. Frank, please continue. Uh, Sure. So as I was saying, it seems like every month our net promoter scores go up, our sales go up too. But getting to this month... Much, much, much later. 
Okay, that about covers it. Thanks for a great discussion, everyone. Um, Pierre has had his little raised hand icon up for about 25 minutes now. Uh, how could I forget about Pierre? As hybrid work environments become more common, holding high-quality virtual meetings is becoming even more challenging. With many workers returning to the office, but some remaining remote, it may be easy to uh, forget about those team members on the virtual call. This is clearly unacceptable. Well, unless it's Pierre. The team at Mitel are experts in creating the right culture and experience for employees, regardless of location. Their tools, technologies, and thought leadership on remote hybrid working solutions make it easy for your teams to hold efficient, inclusive meetings that don't forget anyone, not even Pierre. Take a few minutes to visit mitel.com slash experience this and download Making Meetings Better in the Hybrid Workplace, a new ebook that will help you rethink how collaboration should work in this new environment. Visit mitel.com, that's M-I-T-E-L dot com slash experience this and make sure no one is ever forgotten in your meetings. Well, except Pierre. There are so many great customer experience articles to read, but who has the time? We summarize them and offer clear takeaways you can implement starting tomorrow. Enjoy this segment of CX Press, where we read the articles so you don't need to. Do not adjust your audio. You did just hear the CX Press intro music a second time. Dun da da da! It's a bonus CX Press segment today. As loyal listeners undoubtedly know by now, we do our best here on Experience This not to name companies when things are going wrong because we don't want to pile on. In this case, though, I've made an exception because, well, it'd be really hard to talk about this article or even mention the headline without naming the company. I also felt that because it was out there in the public space already, that it was worth talking about. And as usual, we're going to focus the discussion on the takeaways for all businesses and what we can learn from what's happening at one particular company. So with that little disclaimer out of the way, this CX Press article comes to us from Aaron Arvinlud at the Philadelphia Inquirer and is titled, Vanguard Clients Take to Social Media Over Customer Service Mishaps. A three-hour wait every time I call. Vanguard clients remain intensely loyal to the $8.1 trillion low-cost fund provider until they can't get through by phone to customer service. Well, I guess we know who we're talking about in this segment. But that subheadline is what makes this surprising because Vanguard does have such an incredible reputation with its customers. And that's exactly why I thought this was worth sharing. Vanguard is the stalwart of the investment management industry. With its mutual funds and ETFs, which are exchange-traded funds, basically baskets of multiple stocks, they're immensely popular with both retail and institutional investors. So what's going on? According to the article, quote, loyal Vanguard clients are coming out publicly in interviews on social media and in letters to the company saying they're fed up with what they see as declining customer service. The article quotes longtime Vanguard customer Phil Blumenkrantz, who says bluntly, quote, 
If I'm calling, it's because I really need someone, unquote, and notes that he started on Facebook but was directed by the company to the phone. The only problem? He hasn't been able to speak to a human being at the company since Christmas. And it's now April. Oh, no, 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 no. That is not good for so many reasons. You know, I know that you talk a lot about serving customers in the channel of their choice, Dan. And it sure seems like Phil didn't want to have to make a phone call. Exactly. I mean, have we ever in the history of customer service answered the telephone and said, thanks for calling, but we'd really appreciate it if you would tweet instead? No, that's ludicrous. But yet, people go onto Twitter or onto Facebook and we tell them to call instead. So the first thing that we've got to learn from this is no matter what channel the customer comes to, do your best to solve the problem in that channel. Now look, I worked in financial services for a long time. There's so much privacy and data that sometimes we can't do that in a channel like social media. But we've got encrypted direct messaging. We've got ways today that we can still keep the customer in the channel of their choice without having to direct them elsewhere. So if you think about what happened with Phil here, he starts in one channel, he gets directed to a different channel. That channel is clearly not working for him. So now he's doubly frustrated. And I think one of the things that would have been great is if his if the answer if he would have gotten an answer in Facebook, he probably doesn't go on to further complain at all. So true. And here's the thing. How long should you have to wait? I see in the article that Vanguard issued a statement which said the company's making progress. <laughs> really? And quote, we also recognize we still have room to improve. We take our clients' feedback seriously, aspire to deliver an exceptional experience, and are making significant capital investments to get there. Folks, did you hear earlier when we said it was an eight trillion dollar business, T, T, trillion, okay? And I get that that's not all their profits and the capital. That's all the investments that are kind of in their various funds. But they've got to have enough money to be able to hire some people and to decrease these hold times. Yes. And Vanguard also said that it hired more than 2,700 new employees in its retail investor group in 2021 to the current total of 7,000 staff that are serving 8 million retail investors in the US. I got to tell you, I don't know what the right ratio is, but that does seem like it's a little <laughs> bit low. I was told there would be no math in this I episode. Know. But this, I know enough about math to know this ain't enough people, folks. It's just well, not. Money manager Keith Aker said that he was on hold with Vanguard for more than an hour with his client sitting in the office. Quote, we were on hold for an hour and five minutes. Every 10 minutes, a voice would break in and say, thank you, please continue to hold. Your wait time is 20 minutes. So let me get this right. Every 10 minutes, a voice would come on and say, your wait is 20 minutes. I feel for, like I'm For caught, an hour or more. <laughs> more than an hour. I feel like there's so many broken things with that recorded message. And, you know, recorded messages sometimes are necessary, but it doesn't mean that they need to be boring, useless, or annoying. You know, I'm I'm not remembering, Dan, you probably remember, we talked about Octopus Energy a couple seasons ago, and they have personalized hold music based on your year of birth. Uh, season 7, episode 119. Yep, go ahead. 
Yeah, there you go. And then we have the I'm on hold song, which we talked about way, way back when we, I think, frankly, about when we first started the podcast. Yeah, season one, episode six. Yeah, this customized music for I'm on hold. And it's it's fun. It's playful. You don't mind being on hold because it's engaging. Get even here's what I would say. Even if the message said, Yeah, we know you've been on hold for a long time, you're probably as annoyed as we are that you're still on hold. We are so sorry. Hang with us. We're doing everything we can to get you as quickly as possible. There would at least be a glimpse of empathy there. The article then cites Bloomberg analyst Eric Balchunas, who is the author of a new book on Vanguard's late founder, John Bogle, titled The Bogle Effect. He says that no one in the industry has built up more trust with investors than Vanguard, principally with their extremely low-cost funds and ETFs. And the company's goodwill banked over the years has provided a very strong buffer against these complaints on Facebook and other social media sites. In this year's J.D. Power U.S. full-service investor satisfaction survey, Vanguard ranked second only behind UBS. However, quote, satisfaction with the phone support channel was a relative weakness, unquote, for Vanguard, said Michael Foy, Senior Director of Wealth Management at J.D. Power. Foy went on to say, quote, they also have a lot of brand equity and are among the most trusted brands in the study. Trusted brands are definitely less susceptible to attrition in the short term when problems do occur, unquote. The upshot of all this? Vanguard is seeing record amounts of new investments and customers. It's almost become a victim of its own success. You know, Dan, I've got two thoughts on this. Number one, I think built up brand equity is really important and is really valuable, but it does run out. And I think Vanguard may be playing a game and, you know, playing with fire and potentially approaching a point where they're going to get burned based on this behavior. Now, when we talk, interestingly enough, about the new investments and the new customers, that's only exacerbating the problem. So I think at the end of the day, if I'm part of the Vanguard team, I'm looking at major solutions. They certainly have the dollars in the capital to be able to put towards it to figure out how can we make this less of a problem? Can we do chatbots? Can we automate? Can we do anything to increase the likelihood that our customers can get the answers they need in a much faster time frame than waiting for hours on hold or waiting for months to actually get through to a human? Yeah. And again, we're not meaning to pick on Vanguard here. I think this victim of your own success thing is certainly applicable to other companies that have just grown up too fast. And certainly Vanguard does continue to bring in new accounts, new customers, new investments because of all the things that we said before, the, the brand name, the loyalty, the low cost, all of these good things. And great for them. I mean, you know, I'm an investor as well. But it does require you to grow all parts of the business at the same time. And so one more point to make here is that customers have also taken to sharing screenshots of their phones with the elapsed time on hold. Now, I've always said that there's no such thing as an offline experience anymore. Folks, this is the perfect example. You might think that a phone call is offline until somebody takes a picture of their phone having waited on hold for over an hour and shares it on social media. 
Now all of a sudden, your offline experience has been brought online. So what can we all learn and take away from this? First, as you grow with more customers, your customer service team needs to grow too. Second, check those recorded messages for accuracy, friendliness, and what I like to call frustration prevention. Ask yourself how you'd feel if you were the customer listening to the same messages. And finally, be transparent about any problems, like Drops did in the previous segment. Especially if you have a lot of goodwill built up with customers like Vanguard does, it'll go a long way toward extending patience and the understanding of long wait times or service that isn't up to your normal standards. I'm a big fan of Vanguard and invest in a number of their ETFs myself. They're known for low costs and high performance, a great combination. But I also don't interact with them directly because I go through another brokerage firm. I think they know their value in customers' minds and will quickly turn around what is hopefully a short-term servicing blip. And that's a wrap on Season 9 of Experience This. As usual, we'll be taking the summer off to recharge and collect more great customer experience stories. But don't worry, we'll be back in the fall for an epic Season 10. Season 10, Season 10, Season 10. As always, we'd like to thank the people who work behind the scenes to make this show happen and particularly to make Dan and me sound good. Because let me tell you, that can sometimes be hard work. To that end, thank you to our incredible sound engineer, Daniel Romeros, a.k.a. Dr. Podcast, who does all the mixing and post-production of each episode and even added some cool sound effects this year to make us sound amazing. Thanks also to my law school roommate, Davin Seaman, who composed all of the music for the show. Thanks to our fantastic partners this season, Help Scout and Mytel. Man, we had so much fun creating those segments for both of them. Help Scout with Matt and all the great questions that he asked us, and Mytel with our little skits around virtual meetings. It was a great time, and hopefully, you are more aware of their services because of it. Remember, you can check them out on their special show related websites at helpscout.com slash experience this and mytel.com slash experience this. And that basically tells them that Dan and Joey sent you. So we appreciate you visiting. And thanks to all of you. Yes, you. You who's listening right now. Without you listening, there is no Experience This podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing your listener stories. Thanks for your feedback and your notes of encouragement. Thanks for leaving a great review of our show on iTunes or anywhere else that you might be listening to the show. Uh, that last part there may have been a subliminal message that we'd love you to do over the summer. During the summer and year-round, you can find us on our websites at dangingis.com and joeycoleman.com. So don't hesitate to reach out and say hello. And if you really need to keep getting your audio fix from us over the summer, don't forget that Dan's book, The Experience Maker, and my book, Never Lose a Customer Again, are available in audiobook format with each of us reading our own books. No voice actors here. So have a great summer. Keep creating remarkable experiences for your customers. And we'll see you next season on Experience This. 
Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This. You're the best listener ever. And since you listened to the whole show, yay you. We're curious. Was there a specific part of this episode that you enjoyed the most? If so, it would mean the world to us if you could share it with a coworker, a friend, or someone that just loves listening to podcasts. And while you're in the sharing mood, if you felt inclined to jump over to iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts and write us a review, we would so appreciate it. And when you do, don't forget to let us know as we might have a little surprise for you. Thanks again for your time and we'll see you next week for more Experience Yes. And there was a QR code on the banner encouraging passerbys to scan the order. Encouraging passersby. And, and, yeah. And there was a QR code on the banner encouraging passerbys. Nope. To, what am I <laughs> Try saying? Try again. Three dots on the page. And there was a QR code on the banner. In, <laughs> and there was a QR code on the banner encouraging people walking by to scan. <laughs> <laughs> what? I just changed it. I'm not even going to try. He just, he just couldn't say passers by. I'm just changing the word. And I wrote the damn thing. Daniel, keep that blooper. Sorry. Keep the blooper for the future. We're <laughs> we'll going to need that. that for the future. Yeah. Joey and I both gave speeches at the event and then performed a full episode of Experience This in front of a live episode as the closing keynote. That was an experience. I think you want to say in front of a live audience. In front of a live episode? <laughs> Just a okay. yeah. It's as though the pendulum of business leadership has swung from the extreme of not caring about your employees, treating them all as autumn at times. As, what does that mean? Sorry. Automatons. Sorry. Oh my God. Uh, I, I spoke. <laughs> that was, um, that was uh, Google. I was speaking it in and uh, I didn't see that. Sorry. Okay. No worries. So, uh, <laughs> Dave, 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 autumn, cheating them is autumn at times. Oh my gosh. Unbelievable. And frankly, made me skeptical of how the data is going to be used internally within that organization. I mean, to- sorry. Falling asleep here today. Dan decided to take Sorry. a nap in recording. <laughs> Sorry, Daniel. Daniel's like, oh, okay, this is what this season's going to be like. Great. Yeah. And then there's Verblio's video ads. Now, we just have the audio here because, it, after all, it is a podcast. But listen in as a CEO, Steve Pakros, dressed in a lab coat. Trying to put this into a sentence that I can actually finish. <laughs> <laughs> Listen Dang to the it. audio because we Rest can't show you the video, coat. but oh God, I wish you could see what we're doing. Make sure to save this one for the blooper oh. reel, Daniel. <laughs> Thank you. A meal prep delivery with only part of the meat and how consumer preferences for online reviews. No, it right. was part of the meal, my friend, not part oh, of the meat. Geez. Sorry. Let's try that again. <clears throat> and those third parties didn't do the retailers any favors. I'm going to tell you a quick couple of... That's all, folks. Speaking of the last mile. (laughs) (laughs) And I think this is so critical if we kind of bring this into a customer experience discussion. You've you've heard me very often quote my old friend, Joe Madden, the former manager of the Cubs, uh, saying... What the hell did he say? <laughs> Classic. <laughs> he said, beep, 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 that's all, folks. Play ball. Oh, I, I was thinking, keep it simple, stupid, but that's not it. It's, um, it's, uh, 
Come on, help me out here. I got the shirt for crying out loud. Dude, I have no idea. <laughs> this is making the blooper reel, by the way. Daniel, go ahead and edit this one out. This is a classic freeze in the middle of the recording session. God, my, my memory's gone. Hold on. <laughs> do simple better. Jeez. Do All right, simple let's better. start that over. <laughs> hey, oh. <sighs> do memory better. <laughs> By Dan Gingas, the third book in a trilogy of fantastic experience books. We just quick type in the chat that we can't hear him. Maybe he can't hear us. Victor has joined the meeting. Hello. Good to see. <laughs> Hang on, I gotta switch. I gotta switch out of my French accent to my Russian accent. Yes, <laughs> And I'm saying, Dan Gingas, you are mighty sexy. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. And you are saying. I'm only the second sexiest guy on this program. Unbelievable. Let's call it. Items in their store that the people expect to find in a JCPenney, you don't expect to find a yoga studio there. Like that's just out of place. Would you find a yoga studio? Would you find a... That's all books. Could you find... Oh my gosh. Daniel, save it for the blooper reel. This is brilliant. I ever write. This book is filled with amazing takeaways and ideas and the marginalia where I was kind of writing notes as I was going uh, is... And the margins where I was writing notes is... Uh, uh, no, you've said marginalia once, I know. once before and I called you on it. So I want to call you on it again. <laughs> but it was wrong. That's what I said. Marginalia. It was the wrong way. Marginalia is what you write. You write marginalia in the margins. So I used uh -huh. it in the wrong context. Oh, okay. That's fine. I don't even know where we were. <laughs> Just put that little bit over. Sorry, Daniel. Lots of blooper real stuff here. What can I say? Just drop us an email. You can email me at dan at dangingas.com. You can email Joey at joey at joeycoleman.com. Man, we make... They're tricky emails, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>